Amen. Hallelujah. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to um, Thrive this evening. Um, if you're just joining us for the first time, this is God's favorite house, and we're excited to have you here. Um, this is our midweek service called Thrive, and we've been on a series, on a journey. Um, we've titled Fight, and we are in part 31 already. Amen. Part 31 already. That tells you how much we have consumed and how far we have come on this um, journey. Okay, so as usual, we'll be um, taking the teaching from last Sunday and um, um, crunching it and um, applying it to our lives as um, soldiers because this is fight. So if I was to title today's teaching on fight, I would call it the, the ethos you know, of our commission as um, soldiers of Christ, you know, and um, the word ethos, checking the, the Wikipedia says it's, it's uh, the, the, the Greek word meaning character. It means the character um, that is used to describe our guiding beliefs as a, a people, uh, a community, a nation, an ideology. In this case, as soldiers um, of Christ, an army without power, we learned on Sunday, is, is useless, really. I mean, in this applying to our lives as soldier, an army without power is useless, regardless of how beautiful their uniform looks, regardless of how intimidating um, their uniforms looks. You know, may look if 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 they can't engage powerfully and work victoriously in battle, then it's, it's a total waste. And and the main reason um, we are given power, like we learned, is to establish God's kingdom here on earth. And in Acts 1, verse 8, I'll read, it says, But when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power to testify about me with great effect. Power to testify about Jesus with great effect to the people in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth about my death and resurrection. So, of course, throughout um, the Acts of the Apostles, we see the disciples who had you know, initially coward up until that time, you know, go out and do amazing things because they had become empowered um, people uh, and the Holy Spirit was continually in working in them. So it, it, it had been a long journey from, from Pentecost, you know, and the Holy Spirit had given these guys the, the uh, abilities because he was dwelling in them at the time. And of course, this was over 2,000 years ago and the Holy Spirit dwells in us right now. So we must know that despite the fact that the Holy Spirit dwells in us, has been given to us as Christians and as soldiers of Christ, we, we cannot, he, the Holy Spirit cannot inhabit an impure vessel comfortably. We cannot afford to be impure vessels because if we are impure, the Holy Spirit cannot inhabit such a vessel comfortably. And Dr. Onizo took us back to the events, you know, prior to the time when Israel um, was um, got liberty from Egypt, so to speak. When God told Moses to tell his people that he's ready to deliver them from slavery by his mighty power, God, God introduced himself 
um, to Moses as Yahweh, Yahweh, in Exodus 6, like we learned, Yahweh. And Dr. Onuzo was explaining that prior to that time, God had only introduced himself to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as an El Shaddai before he, he got to the point where God introduced himself to Moses as Yahweh. You know, I like to read that Exodus 6, 1 to 3 scripture. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see that I, I will do what I shall do to Pharaoh or compel him by a strong and I'm reading the Amplified Classic. He will not only let them go, talking about the children of Israel, but he will drive them out of his hand with a strong hand. And God said to Moses, I appear to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as the God Almighty, that is El Shaddai. But my name, the Lord Yahweh, that is the redemptive name of God, I did not make known to them in acts and great miracles. So you see that Pharaoh needed to experience the strong and mighty hand of God as he had, as, as he had asked Moses, who is the Lord? So God was saying to Moses that I am now set to introduce myself to this guy that is asking who is God anyway as the one that has that strong and mighty hand that can deliver anybody. Prior to now, you've known me. I know you're flustered. You look helpless when I told you to go tell these guys that it's time to deliver them from, from Egypt. I know you're flustered, but it is now time for me to introduce myself as the great and powerful one, Yahweh. Hallelujah. So I'm praying that the Lord will introduce himself to every stubborn situation in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. You know, Moses was helpless up until that time, but God showed up and introduced himself as Yahweh. And I'm going to quote Dr. Onuzo. He said, when, when God Almighty arises as Yahweh, he is unstoppable. He needs no assistance or collaborator. When our commander-in-chief arises, he is unstoppable. And he has called us to engage in this battle called life in an unstoppable manner. Our commander-in-chief is unstoppable, and he has called you and I to engage in this battle called life in an unstoppable manner. But why then does it seem like we are not living out our full potentials? We're supposed to be an army, a people you know, of power. But why does it seem otherwise, especially when it comes to heaven endorsing, like Dr. Nuzo said, endorsing the commands that we issue? We, we are told that we're a people of power, walking in power, but we must understand the foundation of God's power. So if we must manifest God's power, we must learn how it is structured and how it works, like Dr. Nizo said. And not only are we to learn, as in terms of knowledgeable part of learning, um, knowledgeable to the workings of God's power, we must be agreeable to it. And use the Amos 3, 3 scripture that says that two cannot work together. Do two work together unless they have agreed to do so? So for us to walk in power, we must cooperate with God and align with the foundation principle of the power. So what are God's foundation principles of his power? We're going to look at them shortly. So the first point to note, like Dr. Nizer said, is that God is light and there's no darkness in him at all. First John 1 John 1.5, God is light and there's no darkness in him at all. So I am called to be a soldier of light and I must engage victoriously. But if I'm to do that then no darkness should be found in me at all. If you are to engage victoriously, no darkness 
can be found in you and I at all. If I want to understand the foundation of God's power and the work in that same power that Jesus did, then you and I must know that God is light and there's no darkness in him at all. And so we must walk without darkness in us at all. He also shared Psalm 89 verse 14, um, and I'll read, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. That's the NIV. I like the way the, the uh, TPT, the Passion Translation put it. He called, he said, he said truth, not just only righteousness and justice. Talk about truth and faithfulness. So the foundation of God's throne is righteousness and justice. Our commander-in-chief is the God of truth, the God of righteousness and justice. And of course, in Deuteronomy 32, verse 4, and I paraphrase, Moses said, he is the faithful God who does no wrong. A God of faithfulness without injustice, a God can do no wrong. So in tying this together, we were taught about the compatibility elements if we must work together, I mean, according to the Amos 3.3 scripture, with God. If we must work together, work in power, we need to understand that there's a compatibility element that is what is required of us as, as physical beings and what is, of course, what everyone also is offering. So what is that compatibility element? What is required of us? Leviticus 19 verse 1 and 2 answers us. It says, the Lord said to Moses, speak to the entire assembly of Israel, say to them, be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. So it is a call to holiness. The compatibility element, the compatibility requirement of us is a call to holiness. I read um, Dr. Onuzo's quote. He says, to walk in the power of the Almighty God is a call unto holiness. A call unto power is a call unto holiness. For you and I to walk in power, it means that we need to also walk in holiness. We, all of us as soldiers, are called to live a consecrated life. Leviticus 20 verse 7, it says, Consecrate yourselves and be holy, because I am the Lord your God. We are called to live a consecrated life. You know, and I've heard pastors say over and over and over again that the level of our consecration determines what we can and cannot engage in. You know, and I found this to be so, so accurate. Even as we are commissioned into Christ's army, you know, a general cannot afford to indulge in the excesses of a private. You're called into the army. There are different levels to this thing. How the private behaves, the general cannot behave. So the pastor says that, you know, there are certain things that other people can get away with that I cannot get away with. I can totally relate now. Maybe my early days I struggled. I didn't understand. I said, okay. But now I can understand because there are certain, the higher you go, there are certain things that you can no longer indulge in. God has called us to a life of consecration. Now, it depends on the level you want to operate in. You must yield to that consecration as that consecration is pivotal to your walking in power. If you want to walk in amazing power, it means that your consecration level is not the consecration level of a private, so to speak. It has to be the consecration level of a general. So the word consecrate in itself means to what? To devote, to dedicate to some purpose. Yes, to be dedicated 
you know, to the cause of advancing the kingdom of God here on earth with power in every sphere of our lives. So we are called to be consecrated as parents, as spouse, as leaders in our different capacities, you know, and as followers of Christ, as ministers of the gospel, even in our relationships. The question to you and I now is, have we been working our consecration in these areas? What kind of parent have I been? What kind of spouse have I been? Am I the spouse with roving eyes or, I mean, God forbid, have you been cheating or have you been faithful to your spouse? Have you been faithful to the assignment God has given to us as parents and even as followers of, followers of, 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 of Christ under leadership? Have we upheld the standards, the ethos of what is called, of, of, our, of our commission as soldiers? You know, First Peter 1.15 says, instead, shape your lives to become like the only one who called you. That's the passion transition. Shape your life to become, to become consecrated like the one who called you. And, and quoting Dr. Onuzo again, he says, God is absolute purity. There is no unrighteousness in him, nor in, in all his actions and in all his works. God is absolute purity, and there is no unrighteousness in him, in all his actions and in all his works. So Jesus said that the pure in heart will see God, right? That's what Dr. Jesus said, uh, Matthew 5, it's the pure in heart will see God. So to see God move literally, let our purity come from within. If we are to see God move literally in our lives, that means we need to allow our purity come from within. So to be pure means to be without foreign substance. You know, I remember Jesus was saying, you know, to the Pharisees that, you know, they love to rub and shine, so to speak. You know, like our people say on this part, like to rub and shine. Woe to the teachers, uh, Jesus was, was saying, Matthew 23, verse, verse 27 and 28. Jesus was saying, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you are like a grave that has been whitewashed. <laughs> you look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, you are full of moldering bones and decaying rocks. You appear at first blush to be righteous, selfless, and pure, but on the inside, you are polluted, sunk in hypocrisy, confusion, and lawlessness. That's the voice translation. You want to read it, and you want to just go about that. I mean, it's, it's mind-blowing. These guys were the guys known to be the ones that were the leaders. But these guys had total rot inside of them. Total rot. Jesus, Jesus says, enough with the rub and shine, soldier. Enough already. And in verse 26 of that, um, this particular uh, verse, Jesus used the cup to describe the rub and shine process. Now, the cup is a, a vessel, a carrier of substance, just as our bodies are a vessel, a carrier of substance. You know, so the question to you and I, soldier, what is your substance? What's on the inside? Is it pure or is it full of gall? What are you carrying? Uh, what, 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 what have we held on to that has limited our experiences in God? Because it's all about being empowered, like we learned, you know, empowered to, to, to fulfill our mandate, I mean, our commission as soldiers. Perhaps it has been our prejudices that, that has limited us. Perhaps it has been our bias. Or our way of, of doing things backed up with that, you know, that same old word, that's the way I am. It has kept us from being pure. And then we wonder why we're not seeing, quote unquote, seeing God 
Or, you know, the God of the old move on our behalf. Why am I not seeing the God of the old move on our behalf? On behalf? Dr. Nizor says, God building a people is also God building a people who are holy, sanctified to the Lord, so they can bring his nature and power to their generation. Bring his nature and power to their generation. So, as soldiers, when we continue in a polluted state, as described in this Matthew 23 scripture, and fail to repent, we are inviting God's chastisement. Why? Because he, he loves us too much, you know, to, to leave us in a degraded state where we, we are void of power and, and susceptible to all the whims of this broken world that we live in. And, and Hebrews um, um, 19, 12 scripture, Hebrews 12 verse 9 and 10 scripture, he also used, um, talks about the fact that God corrects us throughout our lives for our own good, giving us invitation to share in his holiness. That's the reason why God corrects us. If our earthly parents correct us, God is correcting us to, as an invitation to share in his holiness. And Dr. Nisa said the purpose of divine discipline is that God wants us to share in his holiness. So we see that power and holiness go together. But because we are fallible, I mean, as humans, we have been granted judicial pardon. I love that part. You know, as Dr. Nuzo put it, he said, we have been granted judicial pardon. You know, our commander-in-chief, you know, has put all sins on the one who bear it all and became sin for our sake so that we can walk in his righteousness. Hallelujah. You know, Second, Second, um, Second Corinthians 5, 21, the Passion Translation I read, it says, for God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us so that we we who did not know righteousness might become the righteousness of God through our union with him. The fact is that if God was to judge by his righteous standards, none of us can stand. What he has done for us is pure grace. That is Jesus's, you know, Jesus, Jesus being the, the purest one was sacrificed. And it is his blood and righteousness that makes you and I clean enough to come before God and be empowered here on earth. And that is just so beautiful. So, so uh, Dr. Nisa said, the pardon we receive through Christ has made us unreprovable before God. God will not bid you and I depart from his presence. No tongue can bid us depart from his presence. You know, and if we fail, like we're told, God has a system of bringing us back when we fail. You know, if you live long on, on, on earth, you, you, you at some point stumble. You know, but it's, the goal is not to stumble. The goal is to keep your eyes fixed on God because he says, man, even though the righteous will fall, many times God will pick him up all the time. So John 1, 1 John verse 2, 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 and 2 says, you, my dear children, and I write these things to you so that you won't sin. He writes it to us so that we won't sin. But he says, if anyone does sin, the first phrase there is, so that you won't sin. But if you do sin because of life, we continually have a forgiving redeemer who is face to face with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, who is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for us, but also the sins of the world. This scripture, this verse is not a license to throw caution to the wind because, you know, the, it, it, it says that if we sin, you know, it would have mess. No, the opening phrase there tells us the essence of this text that we shouldn't sin, we won't sin. 
but perhaps we miss the mark and we have an opportunity to uh, we miss the mark we will have an opportunity to be restored to our empowered state and and this was so i mean i mean this this part especially for me just was just so humbling to know that okay even when i miss the mark sometimes and i miss the prize god is there to catch me but it is not a license for me to deliberately live in an impure state or the rub and shine state like we talked about you know so there was so much talked about on Sunday, and, and time will not permit to share every single detail. But I believe as we engage with the panelists, you know, that will come up shortly, you know, more light will, will shine. So let me wrap up by um, one of the quotes, one or, two, one or two more of the quotes that Dr. Onuzo shared. He said that change comes from the spirit and not from the persuasion or from pleading. Change comes from the spirit. The power we need to change or influence our world is available only in the Holy Spirit. And that is why we must take our relationship with the Holy Spirit very personal. You must take your relationship with the Holy Spirit very personal. We must nurture that relationship. We must protect it and ensure that, you know, his dwelling place, you know, this temple is always a conducive state for him to dwell. You know, I, I take another quote from Dr. Nizor. He says, it is the Holy Spirit that brings conviction conversion and change we are agents of the holy spirit you know the the the, the 12 disciples you know are, are, um the 12 disciples and their they had their testimonies the testimony it wasn't necessarily just about the testimony it was by the power of the holy spirit on those testimonies that they changed the world is the power of the holy spirit on the testimony that that ensured that we are able to interact with their testimony through the scriptures you know, and 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 guess what? The Holy Spirit has empowered us to do the same. But we must always remember, like we're told on Sunday, holiness and power go together. So as soldiers, we need to enter into that revelational, is that what, yeah, revelational knowledge, like he called it, of an empowered state that we are in. You know, we need to align ourselves with that which is required of us and exercise our rights that we have been given in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So shortly, I will bring up our, our panelists. Um, it promises to be very engaging. I have, very, I mean, I have fi fired up people in the house tonight, so it promises to be very engaging. So um, permit me to welcome Talia Ebonaye. Welcome, Talia. Thank you so much, Pastor Jack. Good evening. Welcome. And Olua Kemishola Oyaide. Welcome, welcome, guys. So yeah, um, Sunday uh, it was you know Doctor Doctor Nuzo is uh, Doctor Nuzo is uh, how I call it <laughs> powerhouse. I mean, uh, I just taking notes. I told myself I'm going to watch this um, teaching over and over again. And interestingly, um, Pastor, when Pastor told me you are taking tribe, I said okay. I realized why I had the conviction to watch it because there was so much said and. You have to be, I mean, ready at full trot, full speed to be able to grasp everything he was talking about. So, uh, before we, I mean, go on to the Q and A session, I would like to go with, I mean, in the order of my screen, I like to go with Talia. I mean, what what stood out for you in that teaching? What stood out for you in the context? Okay. Ah, uh, for me, what stood out was the fact that I said um, we are people of power. We 
God has not called us in vain. He has not called us to be timid. He has called us to show forth his power, to live an holy life. You know, sometimes we think Christianity is just ordinary. It's not ordinary. So I tell people that I'm not ordinary. So how do I prove that I'm not ordinary? I need to know this God that I tell people about. I need to taste this God that I tell people about. So my prayer has always been, Father, use my life for your glory. Let people see the preaching in me. Let people see me and see your glory. So it's a whole lot. Once we get to that point, it's no longer you. You're not doing according to what the world wants you to do. Mm. You're not saying things that the world wants you to say because you are cautious. And the fact that we know that even in our righteousness, we, we cannot even stand. But what mm. we stand on is Christ, our solid rock. So for me, it's, it's like a sparkle that came back to my soul, telling me that, Tyler, you're powerful. You are a Christian. God has empowered you with so much power. But you need to unlock this power with purity. Because we, we can't say we want to demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit can be, you know, like the book of Romans said, can we continue in sin that grace may abound? For mm. some of us, we are, we are just that, oh, this is me. I cannot come and kill myself. This is this. This is that. But there are some things that you know that you just have to kill yourself. You have to die to that sin. Praise God. Hallelujah. I like that. You just have to kill yourself. Thank you. I have, I have, um, I have uh, a, a something I would like to share similar to what you said, but let's take um, uh, Kemishala first and, and, I'll, and I'll come back to what you just said. Okay. Good evening, Pastor Richard. Good evening, everybody. Um, what stood out for me from Sunday? Pastor Nuzo said, um, amongst other things, it was, it was really powerful. He said, if we must manifest the power of God, then we must learn how it is structured, how it works. Mm-hmm. There's, um, this, this, is, this got me really, you know, thinking so hard. Like, it's, everything is done in order, as mm-hmm. the Bible says. There's structure. There's orderliness. What is it that we need to learn mm-hmm. in our work? In our, in our journey to attain holiness, in our journey to, to be all that God has called us to be. And that was really, that was huge for me because you don't just assume that something has to be done or you don't assume that you're just a Christian, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you, are, you can speak Masha and speak all kinds of tongues and all that. How well you speak your tongues is not even enough to to let to it is not enough for you to be sure that you actually have learned all that there is to learn there's always something to learn with the holy spirit there's some always something new there's always something new to learn with the holy spirit there's there's more in god Mm. if we just submit to him so it there's there's actually a structure um um, the book of joshua says study to show thyself approved Mm. a workmanship you, there, there just has to be concentration. You have to be ready to learn, study. How well do you uh, meditate on the word by meditating on his word day and night? That is, everything starts with the word of God. It is through the word of God we now get to understand the power of the Holy Spirit and, you know, and even learn to know him more. The mm. Holy Spirit is a person. And 
it just it just got me thinking so hard that and like you also said that <laughs> the army an army without power is useless mm. totally useless so how are you learning to be a powerful um soldier how are you learning to be it's it's just structured and we must learn how it works you don't go to war without learning the rudiments the instructions how well have you learned how well are you learning how well are you are we, we so we need to there there may be a lot of things we need to unlearn and relearn what mm. are you dropping what are we dropping what are we picking up it's it's huge it's a lot to to to, to take home praise yes. god i agree hallelujah you know um so going back to just touching on what um Kalia said uh, from one aspect i remember as it two weeks ago when pastor said we should um Ask the Holy Spirit anything in devotional. I think it must have been two weeks ago. I'm not, I'm not sure right now. I just remember. I mean, I'm just reminded now. So that morning, I read the devotional with my family, and I went into my closet and I said, "Okay, usually I'll ask God for this. Let me ask Him one question that you know, and see if He really answer this kind of question." And guess what? I asked the Lord. I asked. I said, "Why is it? Because I said, why is it that we don't see the miracles of the old?" And it took almost two weeks for me to get my answer because I got my answers on Sunday. So I want to, I want to ask uh, Talia. Let me go, with Talia. First, <laughs> you know, what are your thoughts on that? Are we seeing the miracles of the world? Because that was what I, maybe I was asking a naive question, but I was coming from the point because I just finished reading um, Elijah speaking to to um, the the. The heavens to bring fire and fire came down. This guy gathered 300 priests, he killed them. You know, this guy spoke and said there will be no rain, there was no rain. I'm thinking, yes, we see miracles. I mean, God's miracles, hallelujah. I've, I've, I've seen miracles life here. We've seen hearts with whole, you know, being healed. We've seen people with strange illnesses, you know, delivered. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so we have experienced some miracles. But, you know, I'm wondering. Tali, have you ever tried to call fire from heaven before? <laughs> Let's maybe in your own way. Maybe you want to share something on, on that line. Okay. Because we're talking um, about being empowered as soldiers. <laughs> okay, Pastor Richard. I think I, I remember one time that we went for baptism somewhere around Jacombe. You were there, sir. And then I asked the Holy Spirit the same question. It's like, how come we don't see miracles as days of old? And I was just staring at the sea then. I didn't hear anything. But after that day, I think I began to read, read my Bible. And I see that these people, they had reverential fear of God. You understand? So we, the new generation, we believe that Christ has come. He has paid it all. We don't need to do this. These people were like, when God speaks, they take it seriously. And... And they anticipate that power. They rather stay there. Like when Anna was believing God for a child, you know, mm. she kept on going to Shiloh, trusting God. Most of us will give up. Mm. Now, most of us will say, oh boy, I don't try. I don't five, try now. Five, ah, God, five, days of, five days of video. As in, I don't try. I don't, I don't try. I'm not doing it again. In fact, but <laughs> we, we don't have that perseverance. Mm. Because sometimes it's not about us. 
it's about the testimony that you God wants us to share to someone else. Now, if you don't have a scar, how will you tell someone that I was there, I've been there? Trust God, He will come through for you. So we need to have that hunger. Like Papi will say, that is a child that will raise up his hand is the one that they will carry. We need to have that hunger and go to God, hungry for that kind of miracle. And it will happen, definitely, because God is just waiting on us. While we are waiting on God, He's waiting on us. Praise mm. God. I hope I did see yeah. Well, uh, let's, Kemisha, uh, uh, do, you do you have any thoughts on that? Well, like um, Talia said, I think the, the, the Christian work, we, I mean, the Christianity we, the Christian life we live now is more of, you know, Christ has um, paid the price. Mm. Christ has gone to the cross. Mm. It is finished. Tetelestai. So, <laughs> so we, we, we are just, we are kind of, you know, lounging, so mm. to speak. Mm. And, you know, it's, that's not the calling we have, especially if we realize our position as Christians. That's not, the, that's not what we are called to. We are not called for ease. Mm. We are mm. called to always be at attention, always, always. The ease is, I think the ease is what we have allowed to take over so much. Mm. That is, we just want everything easy. Microwave technology kind of you know lifestyle we want to want to enjoy, but it doesn't work that way with the spiritual. There's always a price to pay. Mm-hmm. There's always a price to pay. There's no glory without the story. Every even 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 the 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 testimonies of old that that you're referring to that we don't see them um, in these days. We we won't see them. Because mm. not many people are actually willing to pay the price. Mm. Not many people are willing to pay the price. We mm. will be there because uh, so not many people are actually willing to pay the price. Hallelujah. Not many. Amen. Welcome, Papi. Welcome, Papi. Good evening, sir. Good evening, sir. Okay. Um, I think I, I was in my mind. I was like, okay, this question. Thing, I, I think I need to hear Papi's uh, input. <laughs> but I don't know if you. I'm sure you were listening at the background. I said when I read the devotional, I think about two weeks ago. I'm not sure. And you were talking about we should ask. I mean, challenging us. You know, it was like a refresher. Go and speak to the Holy Spirit. Ask, talk to Him, and He will. If you ask Him a question, He will respond to you. So when I went to, I mean, I went to have my quiet. I was thinking, what can I ask? You know, all those. Let me ask one kind of hard question, so to speak. So I said, why is it that, you know, because I finished reading a um, story on Elijah that morning, you know, why is it that we don't see those kinds of, you know, action, you know, like real tough movies, you know, so I don't, I don't know, sir. Yeah. So what answer did you get? <laughs> I, got my, I got answers on, um, uh, on Sunday, I mean, sort of some answers on the part of purity. You know, so um, those guys uh, better in, in, from the point of purity than we, we do because many things right now are hitting us, you know, per second, the way we think, the way we process things, you know. Uh, yeah, but I, I believe there's so much more. Okay, also, I mean, um, like Talia and Kenny Sola said, I, I think the, the, what they shared was spot on, which is, you know, uh, starting with Kenny Sola and 
the uh, Tetele style. <laughs> it is, it is finished. You know, God said it. I believe it. it. So we we take it easy. You know, and I was I was um, reading something about uh, the statement that um, some great man of God that has got to do with the Lord now said. He said, "Comfort will destroy your life." Mm. You know. We're talking to Christians, this comfort will destroy your life. So we, we have people today that because of COVID and their online church, you know, people are online. You have people that don't worship anymore, you know, because no one is watching you. No one is there to watch you, you know. If you were in the church, you'd be on your knees. You'd be, oh, I love you you'd be, you know, now. You, you no one to give you credit for worshiping. Mm. Just, just you and God. And most people sometimes just pass forward to the world or just between other things until people don't worship anymore. People don't. So we take an audit of how you attend online online service. You attend it on your on your bed, covered up in duvet. You are snoozing in and snoozing out. And we are talking about power. Of course, I'm building on the existing foundations of purity and, 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 and holiness. You see, because it, 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 a time will come that when you want to build on purity and you don't do the right thing, purity becomes dogma. It becomes, oh, because I did not steal, so I deserve this. Meanwhile, you are not living a life of obedience, you know? Purity is about obedience. And obedience is doing what the Spirit of God says to do. Mm. It's repent, you repent. It says, it's, it's worship, you worship. It's prayer, you pray. Um, to what Talia said, back in the day, so to speak, they took God seriously. Mm. They took God seriously. You know, right now, everybody, Holy Spirit, my party, my party. You know, only goes to my party, party, you know, that different songs like that, you know. You come. I mean, there's a, I appreciate the level of revelation of our time and the relationship we can engage God in, which I think delights God's heart. However, if we trivialize God and his presence, we are doing ourselves a disservice. We are doing ourselves a disservice. So, so, um, so but what I would add to the purity and holiness foundation and the um, thing that Ken Sola said and what Talia said, <laughs> what I would add is while we need, and honestly, I'm, I'm totally hungry for God, hungry for more of God, hungry for, okay, I was praying this morning and I said to God, you know, God breathing upon me, breathing upon the work, what's next, the, you know, those kind of things. And it's the hunger of my heart is, you can see, it's inside table, you know. However, we can easily become a generation, an ungrateful generation. Mm. Mm. If 
useful way to document what God has done in our life. Remember, the Acts of Apostles, the Old Testament was written over 100 years. If we were to summarize gospel in just 10 years, mm-hmm. if we were to summarize all the miracles that God has done in gospel house in 10 years, in one book, mm-hmm. of course, we won't have time to talk about all our failures, all the mistakes we made along the way, all the fights we have, how, how Talia was fighting Kemzala, how Richard was fighting, you know, all mm-hmm. that not be in the book. Mm. All that would be in the book was this person dared God. I mean, I can tell stories of how God broke kings to their knees in God's mm. house. How God healed walls in hearts. How God, I mean, there are creative miracles that God has done. So, even in just 10 years, if you, and I'm talking about just one church because it's the church I know, God's will be house. Now I am confident that God is working in all the other churches. Yes. Now, so in, even in just 10 years, if you condense all God has done in God's holy house, and you want to say it is the acts of the Holy Spirit in God's holy house, the acts of apostles will have nothing on us. Hallelujah. I, I kid you not. We have nothing on us. Peter's shadow was healing the sick. By the grace of God, Pastor Richard's text message is killing the sick. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Unfortunately, we are reading condensed work of about between 150 years mm. in a few pages. And we are looking at uh, the details of our life. We are looking at the limelight of the, their lives. We are comparing it to the concept of our lives. And we are shaming ourselves. Mm. Instead of us to see that God's work is on a higher scale, obviously the attack we are facing is also on a higher scale. So the devil's work is also on a higher scale. Sometimes, so we get discouraged the same way they got discouraged. Mm. Like Tanya said earlier on, God did not answer every prayer. Remember, Stephen was stoned to death. Mm. Stephen was stoned to death. Meanwhile, the church in Jerusalem celebrated it as a victory. If, if any of us was stoned to death today, we would say, oh, where is the God, where is the God that we are praying to? Oh, God did not answer our prayers. Oh, yadi, 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 yadi. So we, we lose perspective. We lack understanding. Then we ask us stupid questions. Why don't we see? Oh, sorry, Pastor, it's a stupid question. But why don't we see God's power in today? What's, what kind of question is that? We are not seeing it because we uh, we are because of all these things. Not because it's not there, but likely because of all these things that we are talking about, and you know. Based on what you have said, as a Richard, the foundation of purity and holiness, most people are, don't want to be pure anymore. People don't want to be holy anymore. You know, like you also said that Dr. Luther said, purity and holiness doesn't mean you will be perfect. You make mistakes. When you make mistakes, are you going to yield to the U turn of the Holy Spirit and repent and pick yourself up? When you do that, you're okay. The world may still be judging you, but you're fine. Like, Kemisola said, like Tanya said, and the things I've said, God is at work. Hallelujah. 
Ayah. Amen. Ayah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, thank you. So, yeah, um, if, if we were to document, really, what God has done in a short time, um, actually, I first ain't got nothing on us. <laughs> I'm going to put that yeah. up. <laughs> Amazing. Um, okay, so I t- maybe we should just go straight to questions now. Or do you have, um, maybe there's something more, um, um, Talia, that, that she wanted to share? Something else that stood out for you from the service? Okay. okay, yeah, okay. So, well, while the service was going on, I remember I, I kind of dozed off a little while, woke up again. Ah. <laughs> <being honest. laughs> so, what came to mind was um, the need to engage the Holy Spirit. Like Papi taught us that anybody is shaped, you just ask the Holy Spirit, who is this person? I remember years back, I started you know, doing it, but it didn't come like I was expecting. But last year, I met someone and the person looked so much like somebody that I, I would like. So I was not telling the Holy Spirit, let's, let's just do something here. Who is this person? Because you know that I will fall for him because of all the things that he's showing. But please, I don't want to go in my own flesh. I was, it was in a keke that I had a conversation with the Holy Spirit. And that night, this guy called me and he was confessing, like confessing. I was shaking because initially he came as a very, very godly person. So when Pastor Keonizo was saying it, I just remembered, remembered what happened. I was like, we cannot joke with the Holy Spirit. There's no question that is too big or too small to ask him. There's nothing that we cannot engage the Holy Spirit. If only we can we can do that often, we'll save ourselves from like ladies will save ourselves from heartbreak. They're not necessary. They're not necessary if we can engage the Holy Spirit in that aspect. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Um, I'm reminded of, I mean, like I said during the teaching, you know, Pastor would always say to us that then, you know, I'm not heading say for a while that, you know, there are different levels of concentration, you know, and, you know, depending on that level, you usually say that there are certain things that his friends I mean, do that he cannot attempt, you know. At those times, I used to say, okay, well, I, I mean, I just gloss over it, but now I have a better grasp and understanding of that. So, Kemi, I mean, what, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, being a soldier, right? There are certain things that other people can do that you see them getting away with, or you see them doing, and it seems like nothing is happening. How does that? I mean, how does that play out in your own life, in your own situation daily? You see people, you know, you seem like okay, they are Christians. They go to church. Sometimes they, you know, if they worship, you know, you you feel goosebumps. But you know that there are certain things that your own level of consecration will not allow you to do. Yeah, so, I mean, let, let's hear you. Hmm. Well, I think that that is totally true. Totally true, because even, you know, in, in you know, several times, there are things you just... You just think about like, okay, you just, even in your thoughts alone, without even having put action to it, 
you 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 already been convicted <laughs> within you you're already struggling you know and and you know I, I sometimes i ask myself but some people still think of these things and they still deny their they still they still go ahead to put it into action and deny their hearts <laughs> or, or rather kill their conscience and still put action to certain things and you know it bothers me because sometimes i struggle with the thoughts of several things a lot i struggle with the thoughts of even putting some words to sometimes i'm angry somebody has hurt me deeply and i'm struggling with i want to call this person I want to call this person. I need to give this person a piece of my heart. I need to. I need to. I need to speak. I need to speak up. I need to. You know. But then I find out that I'm struggling. The Holy Spirit is no. Don't. 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 No. Calm down. Don't. Don't. And I'm struggling. Like I'm. I'm almost picking up my phone to make this call. I need to give this person a piece of my heart. And it's hard. And I'm like, do other people go through this? And it's, <laughs> why is it only me? Why? Why am I struggling with this? And I'm well, like, oh. I'm happy to tell you that. Amazing. Just to say that, you know, I've, I personally went through that phase that do, do God really ask all people to do this? <laughs> And he's asking me to do the things that he's asking me not to do. Okay. Let me even use your, one of your, um, I, I mean, I wouldn't share details. So recently, I saw someone um, do something, you know, that if they are done to me, I don't know, you know, to you, right? And when it was your time to respond to the person, I don't know if I should call it love or extraordinary love. And I was saying to myself, and I was sharing with my wife that look, this is not ordinary, you know. I and I I don't I don't think I'll be able to, you know, I mean, yeah, I will I, I mean I forgive you, but you're on your own. Bye, bye, bye. I don't think I'll be able to respond with that level of, you know. And she was saying to me that, well, uh, it is the calling, you know, it's the way God has called. In my mind, I was like, okay, yeah, I know that part. But when the rubber, when the rubber is the road, that part kind of goes out of the window. It is tough, you know, so it reminds me of really this purity thing. is the, the level of consecration of a private. It's really not the regular consecration for a general. What the private will do and get away with the general cannot. So I believe in that, I mean, my, my response was, when I see those kind of things, I kind of pray about it and just brood. My response is the fact that really it is the Holy Spirit that constrains you. And because you're a lover, you know, and a worshiper, you would defer to the Holy Spirit. So I, I, and I pray for myself that I'll get to that stage, you know, with the Holy Spirit. When those things happen, I, I won't first, you know, dramatize because it was, it was tough, you know, to see it. You know, and of course, a wonderful learning curve for me. Okay, so um, questions. There are no questions online right now at the moment, but um, let's let's take questions from Talia and um, and Foster um, and Kemshala. So who wants to go first? Questions? Maybe one that has been born in your head. He said, when I see Pastor this evening, I'm going to ask him. <laughs> question. Okay, first of Any question? Yes, please. I Hallelujah. want to... I want to ask i don't know if it's a question or a comment most times god tells me something and then 
it doesn't tell me what will come in between the promise. It just tells me, okay, this is what I would do. But I will go exciting, like I'm excited God has told me this. And then in between that promise, I see so many struggles, like battles from, I'm like, God, why didn't you tell me that? I will see all those things so that I will prepare my mind. I, I don't know, Papi, I don't know how God does that for me. He's like, you're setting me up. You're giving me sweets and in between there is bitter leave kind of feeling. So I don't know how to deal with that. Oh. Well, um, I don't know how to deal with it, you know. There are things that are not in my life, I mean, I mean, so recently, I don't know, you know, you know, that I'm like, I mean, why did you show me this from the beginning? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's going to happen. But you see, that dog is there. It doesn't, it doesn't, um, it shows us the end picture, the big picture. It doesn't show us all the trouble in between because we will not, we will run back. You know, the children of Israel, when they saw the Red Sea, God didn't tell them that there was any Red Sea. He didn't tell them that there was any giants in the land. He just told them, you are going to the land that is playing with me, and then you will say, yay. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, do you know what they made the Red Sea? They appointed captains. What if I put captains that will lead them back to you? Mm-hmm. That's what they're going to Even when they crossed the Red Sea, they still murmured that Moses, that what is all this manner that we are putting? Ah, the days of garlic and cucumber. Mm-hmm. It was a problem because we, when we don't keep our eyes on the big picture, we grow on the present concerning the present challenges. So we but God many times we showed God did not show Joseph the prison now. God showed him the past. Because yeah. if you show him the prison, ah. <laughs> you know, he will not uh, no deal, you know. So it, that is the nature of God. You know, and also it is what happens between the promise and the palace that actually prepares us for the past. It's, it's what happens between the promise and the past that actually prepares us for, for the past. It's what happens between the between Egypt and, and the promised land and Canaan. It's actually what prepares us for the promised land. So so if, it, if Joseph had just gone from his father's house to the palace, he would have messed so many things up. Messed so many things up. But he matured in Potiphar's house. He matured in the pit. He matured in the prison. But he got to the palace. He was ready. You know, so that's the character that God builds in us on in the journey to the place he's taking us. So don't be discouraged. God is working something in you that is, you know, is preparing you for where he's taking you to. And that's the joy, you know, when, when Peter says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse kind. Christians fall into diverse kind of things. They're asking why, 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 why? I mean, the question is why not? You know? <laughs> What's the question? 
Why not? You know, Christian, I mean, oh, why? Oh, I was a Christian. Oh, why did this kind of thing happen to him? In God's very heart, we never said Christianity was no trouble. Did anybody tell you that? No. <laughs> There's nothing like that. You know, that, you know, people would rather pray, put on put fire prayers than focus on the working of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Meanwhile, the working of the Holy Spirit in your life is more powerful than 10,000 fire prayers you can pray. Mm. When you come out, cooperate with God. Then, like Elijah, when you call out fire once, people mm. ask, How come he's so powerful? How come she's so powerful? Because you are paying attention to the process. Okay, Tanya? Sorry, yes, sir. thank you so much. Amazing. Thank you, sir. Um, Kemshala, any questions? Yes, sir. Um, so my question is concerning um, consecration. You know, um, like we've learned on Sunday that it takes consecration, uh, consecration to to walk in holiness and and purity. So what I want to ask particularly is: is there of us like um, like Papi has always said that? which we already discussed that there are different levels of consecration. But what I want to know is, is there, can, can we say there's a particular level of consecration that is required to consistently operate in power, in God's power? Is there a particular level of consecration required to consistently operate in power? The power of old. Pastor Richard, you only no, I want to leave if I'm 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 just <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the answer is yes and no. Um yes, because it's pretty obvious that there is and it is it's it's what it looks like. What there there's a general side of it. What it looks like for one person is different from what it looks like for the other person. God said to start saying, don't cut your hair, the hair of your hair. Perhaps you can be seeing anybody, ah, look at, you know, this person is having skin cuts, this person is having, ah, oh, I'm the only basketball, you know, I don't mm -hmm. know that's, you know. For some sake, that was it. For David, it was different. For David, it was worship. David was just in the place of worship. Primarily, the other things don't get wrong. But if you look at the life of David, primarily that is what he did. He got a movie. But the worship. Mm. So, yes, there is. And it's. it's so, and to a certain, when it gets to a certain level, you leave the general level and you get to normal consecration. God. So, which is which we form the basis of your covenant with God. There are things that, by the grace of God, I know that everyone in God's house will experience because of what God has said. 
Amen. 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 I may be in a place where they are abusing the president. If you notice, I refrain from abusing presidents. I mean, I mean, you know, sometimes through a little small job, but I refrain from abusing presidents. Why? Because every time I try to do it, I get a, a, a restraint. And I'm like, but this guy is messing up. I mean, maybe, maybe this was a combat. I mean, it was conflict, right? But this guy's messing up, but shut up. But everybody else is abusing the president, they're abusing Twitter, they're abusing on Instagram, they're abusing his father, they're abusing his child, they're abusing. I'm not allowed to. There are other pastors there. I'm not, I mean, there are other pastors, places that. They, that's what they do. They abuse the president, they criticize. They, they, and maybe they are allowed to do it, I don't know, but I am not allowed to do it. Do you understand? <laughs> you know? You know, I'm not allowed to do it. You know, there are other men of God that all they do is tell that other men of God, I'm not allowed to do it. You know, you never heard of me. You know. So yeah, I don't think that helps. Yes, sir, it does. Yeah, I said that is yes. The no is the fact that it is the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross of Calvary that guarantees. The supernatural that guarantees the Christian to work with God. So a Christian that God just born again, just got born again today, can raise the dead. Mm. So what is the level of conservation? Amazing. Thank you, sir. I'm even reminded about um, um, Paul's um, conversion. conversion. So yes. Immediately. His hands were laid on him. The Bible said immediately the guy was already in the synagogues, already started, he had started his ministry. He didn't wait to go to believers class and stuff like that. You know, I, and I want to share this. Maybe it might also help um, uh, Kemi or anybody else listening. I remember there was a time when um, I was transitioning. I believe God was taking me from one consecration to another. And there was someone that used to help me, you know, financially when I have difficulties. I had a clear instruction not to take anything from the person. So I struggled with it for the time because at that period I had, was struggling seriously financially. But, you know, I, I, I mean, by God's grace, I obeyed and I was able to understand why. Because in a short time, I saw God in my finances. But again, so I, I want to also ask Papi, eventually I felt the release that I could now engage with the person where if the person gives me something, I can take it. So was that my, is that my hypersensitivity or... At that point, in, I mean, I, I don't know if what the experiences are. I mean, is it, um, is it that uh, was I, was I, did I release myself, or was I clear on the fact that God had allowed me? Because at some point, I didn't feel that restraint that I used to feel um, anymore. So I, I mean, I felt God was, I mean, allowed me. He was engaged with the person naturally. At one point, told me, don't go near this person. How did you restrain yourself from receiving food from him? You felt uh, he, uh, not back in the day. I will ask. I will ask if I needed. You know. Yes. That's what so, yes. When you stopped collecting things from the guy. Yes. You felt a restraint. Yes. 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 
then you obey the restraint. Yes, 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 yes. So after a while, you felt a release. Yes, yes, yes. After and a few years. You do release. Yes, yes. So what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> Yeah, no, I think your, your experience is that is that the same way you experience it, sir? Yeah, experience it. Yes, so yes. That, yeah. that is correct. That is the lie. I've had similar situations where I feel constrained and similar situations where I feel released. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Why I cannot authenticate your own? Because I wasn't there when you said no, I understand. I just wanted to be to get your experience on. Yeah. Okay. Thank yeah. you, sir. Okay. Well, any more questions, sir? Do we have time for any more questions? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe more. Okay. 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 So let's go with uh, let's go back this way. So, um, Kamishola, you go first. Okay. So um, my next question would be um, in this. In this, um, in this, okay. Well, Papi, Papi sort of cleared that, but I, I, I think I, I'll need a bit more clarity on, you know, we are, we're talking of, you know, this um, generation of Christians and all of that, and you know, how do we, how are we able to, you know, um, are we able to balance the Christian, the Christianity we have today? In, with the level of distraction we have in the world today, it's it's kind of like uh, at a very high level, and um, I think the, the the major thing is that even the distraction is not helping us to see and concentrate on all the testimonies of our time, like Papi mentioned. So I just I just want a bit of light on that. Okay, um, so I, I think Pastor had already has done, I mean, a fantastic job on that already. I don't think there's much to add to it because, um, yes, um, the distractions we face in the world now um, is seemingly more. But I'm also wondering, in, back in the days, they had their own distractions as well. You know, so the most important, I think the, the, the most important thing is the, the part that Pastor said that these things are happening, but our minds are, can I call it closed, because we're not documenting. That when they began to talk, really, I talked about, even though I talked about it like in gospel, I've heard about, I mean, I've seen um, hearts, holding hearts healed. I've seen people engage serious miracles. Even I have been a partaker of miracles in my family, different times. I see my children manifesting in, in the gifts, you know, of the spirit. So I think the, the challenge there is not, more, it's not so much so about the distraction. It's about we the believers, the soldiers, how we, we process and document. We're looking for, we're looking for something uh, grandiose when it's happening on a, on a daily, on a regular in, in our lives. You know, I'll say that in addition to everything Pastor has, has already said. Uh, is there any more you want to add to that, sir? Yeah, I probably say that, um, Kenzala, we need to be more deliberate. The same way that we have tools that distract then we we have to help us focus. So you can your phone can be a source of amazing focus and can be a source of amazing distraction. If you throw away your phone, you solve the problem. So 
There are acts that helps you meditate, that helps you stay in the present. In the present, there are apps that help you stay in God's world, that help you pray, that help you connect to Christians. There are apps. I mean, so or there are apps that will give you. I don't want to mention anybody's names. You know, all the things that distract. You know, you we have to be deliberate. I think what happens is that most people just pick up their phones and they just start by scrolling. No, you have to be deliberate. You know, you can have maybe 30 minutes scrolling time in a day. Okay, this 30 minutes, let me just relax and you know, just check what's going on with people. Sometimes I miss this 30 minutes, you know. But you have to be more deliberate. That's what I would ask. I would add. Thank you. Thank you. Sir. Thank you very much, sir. Okay, Talia. Yes, please. So uh my question is from Romans 6 that Apostle Paul was saying, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Now, I want to know how we can balance grace and righteousness. Like if there's balance at all, like sometimes when <clears throat> grace and righteousness, yes. okay. So like people will say, you can't, you, you're not Jesus now, now you keep Jesus, all those kind of things that, They'll tell you, calm down and nobody will leave you. Okay. So I don't know how to balance it. And sometimes when 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 I do stuff that the Holy Spirit doesn't want me to do, I feel so bad. Is it okay? Like, is it okay to feel bad? And and then the Bible also says that our righteousness is just like a filthy land. So all these things are just how do we balance it, sir? <laughs> I think I'll leave that to Pastor. <laughs> well, I, I like to, I like to share something though before Pastor answers. Um, I remember in my early days, it used to be the fear of God that drove me. You know, when it concerns being in aligning sort of for purity. But as I grew older, it became more of the love. You know, the I don't want to break his heart. You know. I'm enjoying the flow and I don't want to bring an interruption into the flow that's you know, constrained me, you know. So when it comes to um, the grace and righteousness, right, you know, the righteousness part is being, of course, on, on, in the right and observing the things that would ensure you are pure, apart from the fact that the blood of Jesus already is, I mean, he has given us his righteousness. So, but not by my own standards, not by the fact that, Ah, if I do this, it's going to, you know, uh, I've messed up and it's going to harm me. Or I mean, God is not looking to harm me or to judge me. So it's more of the, I don't want to break his heart. I'm just loving up on my, on my God and, you know, I'm enjoying this relationship. So that is what constrains me and gives me the balance, you know, not to focus more on that, okay, if I miss it, am I going to miss it or am I going to get it right? It's just like my father, I know that above all, my father, even if he wants to discipline me, like even Dr. Onuze was saying, he disciplined me from a place of love. So I'm not overly afraid of his discipline. But instead, I, I, I know that, you know, my, my dad would do anything to say, you know, I mean, I, my dad would do anything to just hear me say, Daddy, I love you, so to speak, you know. So, uh, yeah, so that's what helps me, um, bring me to the place of uh, the balance between not focusing much on the righteousness and, of course, being ensuring that I'm also doing the things that keeps me on the path of, of purity. Pa, over to you, sir. Okay, so 
the you and confusion of grace and righteousness, so to speak. I'd rather say grace and truth. Mm. Because I mean I don't want to get into theology of it, but you know what I mean. Grace and truth. The beauty of it is the same sort of its confusion. And that is there is no balance. Mm. There, there is no balance. Mm. You cannot, Jesus was full of grace and full of truth. The scripture says he was full of grace and truth. Jesus did not have half grace, half truth. Mm. It never, it is 100% grace, 100% truth. Mm. You will never see God measuring grace to people, giving them uh, what's more, okay, don't, don't exceed this. So God is lavish in grace. Mm. When it's true, also, God is lavish, is complete and holy in Himself. So, which is why we cannot be righteous primarily outside of God, because God is so complete in holiness and righteousness and purity that our righteousness, like you said, Tanya, is like two dollars. It cannot, it cannot be best mm. of our good deeds. It's like equivalent. It cannot measure up. So he has to do it for us, and we have to be embedded in him so that we now become the righteousness of God through Christ. Again, which is grace. <laughs> mm. Mm. Which is grace. Mm. This is great. To sum it up, of, I mean, I, I mean, I could, we could go on to one hour. Ah, this, believe me, you know, it's it's a subject that I studied for decades. I've come to the conclusion of this is the conclusion I've come to, based on scripture, based on my personal work with God. It's summed up in this whole matter. When the woman that was caught in adultery. She was caught. There was evidence. I'm not talking about, there was a rumor. You know, somebody went to social media and I was saying, you know, that's not what I'm saying. She was caught in adultery. They brought her to Jesus. And they said, oh God, what do we do? Jesus said, the person, that has no sin. Fire the first stone. Let me see. <laughs> if anyone has stoned that girl, what do you think will have happened? So, what do you think will happen to people that are stoning people that Jesus is not stoning? Mm. Number one. Number two. They all started dropping their stones one by one, starting from the eldest 
there's no time to unpack that. From the eldest, you know why the eldest was started for another time? To the youngest. Even the youngest. They were dropping their stones. At the end, the woman, God Jesus asked the woman, Where are your accusers? You are said they are all gone. That's what will happen. All your accusers, you look around, they are all vanished. Amen. When it's all Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Amen. Hey, listen to me. Go and sin no more. <laughs> you see, how many times does the woman have to do that? If you backtrack, nobody said anything about that. I reckon it's not a first time. We don't even want to begin to talk about where, where is the man. Of course, we talk about that. We just talk about that. Where was the man? Since he was caught in the act of adultery, where was the man? You know, if there can't be an act of adultery if there's no man. Anyway, it was a woman. He was holding his stone too. <laughs> now, now, Jesus said to the woman, Neither do I condemn you. That is object is in place. Go and sin no more. That is what object is in truth. Mm. But in going and sinning no more, she needs, she can't do it by herself. She can't do it in her strength. So she needs who? She needs the righteousness of Christ, which is. Hundred percent grace. Mm. At the end of the day, <laughs> it's all grace. Hallelujah! Wow! It's all grace. Hallelujah. When is all, all said and done? It's all grace. Amen. If you understand that, that will actually sin will be will not be an issue for you. Because like, like, like Richard was saying, Pastor Richard was saying, that it will be the God that loves me this much, that forgave me this much, that I deserve death. I don't deserve to be held up. But he has, he has been merciful to me. Your love for that God will constrain you. It will be, oh, if I sin today, would I still have, can I still pay? If I thought you, you transcended death, that is death, that is living in death, that is under the law. You've transcended death to life. You are now in life. Are you going to make mistakes? There will be mistakes. Mm. Mm. But guess what? Even the mistakes are yet to make, to make Jesus die for. So where are those that are only stones? That's the question. Wow. Talia. Yes, <laughs> Thank, Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Wow.
if if you are watching and you've been holding stones, you just had <laughs> put down your stone. You know, there's no point stoning people that Jesus. I mean, and if this is something that happens in our lives daily. You are criticizing somebody, you are judging the person, you are the judge and jury. Jesus has not called you to stone people. He's not stoning them. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you so much, sir. Um, if you are giving your um, tithes, if you are giving offerings. Um, at this point, you can be the instructions are in the chat room. Um, yes, yeah, so please um, just follow the simple instructions. And um, I'd like to pray with, uh, over this um, offerings right now. And then Pastor would round up and Pastor would pray over us all. So, Father, I want to thank you for everyone that is giving their offerings and will give after this time. We're asking the name of Jesus that according to your word, for those giving their tithes that you will give the world for the six, you open up the windows of heaven and pour your blessings that will not have enough room to contain. Yeah. Everyone giving our Father their offerings to you, my Father, indeed, according to your word, your promise as a church, we eat bread without scarcity, mm-hmm. we have an abundance of gold that will make silver ordinary stones in our lives. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Father, yeah. for your faithfulness. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Yeah. an amazing evening. Over to you, Papi. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so thank you everybody. Amazing hanging out with you guys. And everyone online, you know, thank you for you know uh, being a part of this. God bless you and keep you. Amen. This kind of hungry and be gracious of you. Amen. Counting up upon you. Amen. 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 This is a decade of destiny. And no mind that is started with a pain. This is a decade of destiny. It's a year of light. And like you say, light shines brightest. Brightest. When when is that brightest. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.